Well, I want you to go ahead and open up your Bibles this morning to uh, Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. We are continuing, as we're going to be doing for a while, uh, following the footsteps of Jesus. Amen. So as we uh, look at this uh, scripture this morning, we are continuing to uh, walk through the chronological order of Jesus's life that is laid out uh, in the scripture. Last week, we looked at the baptism of Jesus. And as we looked at the baptism of Jesus, uh, we saw the fact that as Jesus was baptized, there Jesus was in the Jordan River being baptized by uh, John the Baptist. And as John baptized him, the word of God says that the heavens opened up, the Holy Spirit descended down upon the Lord Jesus Christ as a dove and the father was there in heaven saying this is my son in whom I am well pleased and so that is that flows right into uh, this next scene that we find here in the life of Jesus as Jesus begins his ministry his word of God tells us that Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his ministry we find here that as soon as Jesus was baptized the very first thing that Jesus did he went out into the wilderness now you would think to yourself for just a minute you know, he would go right out and begin his preaching ministry. He'd go right out, begin his teaching ministry. He'd just jump right out there and he'd begin his healing ministry and all of the many things that uh, Jesus did. In fact, as we looked at last week, as the Apostle John closed out the book of John, that all of the books of the world could not contain all of the things that Jesus himself did. So we don't know all that Jesus did, but what we do find very clear in Scripture is that immediately after Jesus was baptized, Jesus went out into the wilderness. In fact, the Bible tells us here in Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted for 40 days and nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone." And Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the world and, the and, and, and their glory. And he said to him, all of these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, go Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him alone. Then the devil left him, and behold, his angels came and began to minister to him. So what we find here in the Word of God is here is the temptation of Jesus. Now, it's interesting that the Bible tells us that uh, within this scripture that as Jesus went out into the, the wilderness, he went out there to fast. He went out there to spend time uh, with the Father. And so as he went out there to fast, now, just to give a little commercial for what we're starting this evening that I'd sure love for everybody to come to that's not 
plugged in and working in Awana. Uh, we're going to start a class starting tonight at 5.30 on spiritual disciplines. And fasting is a spiritual discipline. And not tonight, but later on down the road, we're going to look at fasting. So I'm not going to talk a lot about fasting, but fasting is biblical. Fasting still applies to us this very day. Amen. And so Jesus went out there into the wilderness to fast. And so as Jesus went out there into the wilderness to fast, here comes the devil and the devil begins to tempt him. And so when we begin to understand this, we understand, you know, about temptation. We see how the devil tempted Jesus and we see how Jesus overcame that temptation that the devil brought his way. And it's the exact same way that we can apply to our life this is the way that Jesus overcame temptation. Therefore, it's the exact same way we can overcome temptation as well. Amen. And so when we think about this, first of all, I want you to understand that temptation is not sin. Amen. It is the following through with the temptation that is sin because Jesus never sinned. The word of God is extraordinarily clear about that fact. So therefore we understand that Jesus did not follow through with the sin. Jesus, or the temptation rather, Jesus didn't allow that temptation to become sin within his life. Instead he rejected the devil and he rebuked the devil. It's the exact same thing that we need to do within our lives. So if Jesus is going to be tempted by the devil, you better believe we're going to be tempted by the devil. Amen. And the devil comes in many ways, in many shapes, in many forms. And I tell you what, he is that great fisherman. He knows what lure to throw out to you. He knows exactly when to throw it out to you. He knows exactly where to throw it out to you. He knows how to jug it up and down. He knows when you are the hungriest and he knows what you want to bite on. Amen and he knows exactly how to do that and he is a great tempter and we are very weak in many ways and so we need to take heed to the word of God here is how are we going to overcome that temptation not if but when it comes our way and it is going to come our way it's going to come our way all throughout the day amen from the moment you get out of bed even before you get out of bed from the moment you pop those eyes open through the course of your day all throughout the day the devil is continually coming after you throwing those temptations your way wanting you to bite wanting you to take that bait but as we look here within the word of God the Bible says that first of all that Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil so as we think about that as we think about that for just a moment understand the timing of this this is immediately after the baptism of Jesus, right? So immediately during the baptism of Jesus, what happened? The Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus as a dove and Jesus was filled with the Spirit and the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. The Spirit of God led Jesus everywhere that Jesus went. Now Jesus is fully God and he's fully man. But we, what we need to understand that Jesus chose not to walk in his own Godhood, not to walk in his own deity, not to walk in his own power, but walk in accordance to the power of the Spirit of God, the same Spirit, by the way, that is available to us, the same Spirit that if you're born again, you have. 
Amen. You have the Holy Spirit of God, Almighty God, all-powerful God, all-knowing God, all-sovereign God living within you if you know Jesus Christ as your, as your Lord and as your Savior. And so we too have available to us, we have every means available to us to overcome that temptation through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the knowledge of the Word of God as we're going to see here this morning we have that power but we need to know we need to recognize when it is that the devil's going to come after us here it is that the devil came after jesus right after he was baptized amen it was right after he was baptized and so you know i see many times i see people that get saved i see people that are born again and they them walk down that aisle man they're all joyful and they're excited and they're on fire for the lord and we baptize them and then guess what now that all of a sudden the devil comes after them hard amen the devil comes after them hard he's coming after them fiercely and as he's coming after them fiercely he, he there's nothing that he can do about the fact that they're saved amen he can't do anything about that but he certainly doesn't want them to grow he certainly doesn't want them to be a fireball for the lord he certainly doesn't want them to be the man or the woman of god that god so desires for them to be so he's going to come after them full force to try to knock their feet out from under them to keep them from growing and maturing in their relationship with Jesus Christ. Friends, he does it time after time after time after time. Amen? Even that Christian, you've been a Christian for many years, and all of a sudden, man, God's just lit a fire in you. Amen? Maybe you've been, maybe you've been dead wood for a little while, and maybe you've been that wet wood for a little while, but all of a sudden, God lights you up, and man, you're on fire for the Lord. Maybe you just went through a revival. Maybe, you know, you've been getting fresh into God's Word, and God's been lighting you up I can promise you it's not if but when the devil's coming after you because he doesn't want you to remain on that spiritual high amen he doesn't want you to remain on that spiritual high listen the devil's not worried about the guy sitting on the bar stool you know why because he's already right where he wants him why go after him he's already doing what he wants what, what he wants him to do but he sure don't want you to be an on fire, born again believer in Jesus Christ. Why? Because you then become a threat to his kingdom. And he's going to come after you full force. It's also interesting that the Bible says that it was there as Jesus was fasting. He fasted for 40 days. And so we also recognize the fact that Jesus was at his weakest point at the end of that 40 days. Jesus was physically weak he wasn't spiritually weak but he was physically weak at the end of this the angels had to come and had to minister to jesus is what the word of god tells us at the end of all of this so at his physical weakness here comes the devil so he'll come after you at your highest moments and he'll come after you at your lowest moments and he'll come after you everywhere in between but friends we need to take heed we need to be on guard amen we need to understand that the devil is going to do anything and everything that he could do to knock our spiritual feet out from under us to where we will not be the men and women that God has called us to be now it's interesting that the Bible does say it says there in uh verse 1 of chapter 4 in the book of Matthew says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted 
by the devil. And so as we recognize that, some people would make the mistake of saying, well, then God is bringing temptation upon Jesus, right? God the Father is bringing temptation upon Jesus. The Holy Spirit is bringing temptation upon Jesus. Jesus was led by the Spirit. There's no doubt about that to go into the wilderness. In fact, in Mark chapter 1 and verse 12, when Mark is, is uh, writing about this exact same thing, he uses much stronger language. Mark chapter 1 verse 12 it says immediately the Spirit impelled him to go into the wilderness. The Spirit impelled him. And so as we recognize that the Holy Spirit was on him strong and brought him there into the wilderness, understanding what it was that was going to happen while Jesus was there in the wilderness, that the tempter was going to come and bring temptation upon the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit was not the source of Jesus' temptation. The Holy Spirit could not be the source of Jesus' temptation. In fact, the Bible tells us in James chapter 1 and verse 13, it says, Let no one who is tempted say when I am being te- that I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and He Himself does not tempt anyone. God cannot be tempted by evil, and He Himself does not tempt tempt anyone. So therefore, don't say, God is tempting me with this evil. Does God test us? Yes. Does God test us? Does God put us through trials? Yes, God puts us through trials. But there is no way, shape, and form that God is going to put us through the temptation that would bring us into sin because God himself cannot be tempted by sin. Therefore, he does not tempt in sin. That would be an unjust God. That would do something along that line. And God is certainly not an unjust God. But the Word of God tells us very clearly within this text of Scripture who the tempter is. matter of fact, you look at verse 3, and it tells us flat out, and the tempter came. And the tempter came. The Bible tells us exactly who that is. The tempter came. And so there in verse 5, we say it, we see it, it says, the, then the devil took him into the holy city. And then we see in verse 8, it says again, the devil took him to the very high mountain. So God is not the one that brings about temptation. God is the one that delivers us from temptation, as we're going to see here in just a little bit. But it is the tempter, it is the devil himself. Now, it's interesting that the Bible uses the title for Satan here as the devil, because what does the word devil mean? It means the accuser. Amen? He's the accuser. And so what does the devil want to do? The devil wants to tempt you into sin, to trip you up, to get you to fall. So then he can become the accuser and say, oh, look what he did. Look what she did. Look what they did. Look at how they're living. Look at how they're talking. Look at how they're walking. Oh, look at them when he's the one that tripped you up in the first place. Amen? So that way he can make God out to look bad, make you out to look bad, make the church out to look bad, make the gospel out to look bad, and he thinks that's going to glorify himself in the meantime. He's the tempter, as the Word of God says, but he's also the devil, which is the accuser. He wants to trip you up in order where he can call out your sin. Oh, look at him. Oh, look at her. Look at what she did. Look at what she said. Look at what he did. Look at what he said. 
Look how he's li living. Look how he's acting, right? Just like the lady that's driving through. Now, we just got back from Houston, so we understand this. I'd hate to have to live in a city, amen? And so we're, we're there in Houston where everybody's horns work really, really well, and they test them on a regular basis, amen? And so there, there, there it is that the, a police officer pulled somebody over, and as that police officer pulled somebody over, he, he was about to arrest this lady for driving a stolen car. And he said, she said, well, why do you think my car is stolen? He said, well, I just saw you bless out a person down the road. I saw you give some gestures to that other person down the road. And I saw you, you know, chewing out that other person up the road. And saw you laying down on that horn and acting the way you did. But you've got all these Christian bumper stickers on the back of the car. And I thought that can't possibly be your car. Amen? Oh, me? <laughs> one or the other and so as we look at this the devil loves to do that doesn't he just so he can point out our weaknesses we understand who he is he is the devil he is the accuser he is the tempter but when we begin to look at the temptation we understand what this temptation is the way that Jesus, the, the way that the devil tempted us, friends, I want you to understand is the exact same way that the devil is going to try to tempt us because it is the exact same way that the devil attempted Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. You know, his tactics don't change. You know why? Because oftentimes we're not all that smart. <laughs> Amen? And, and we, 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 we don't... Figure out that, you know what, if I just live for Jesus and I live in His strength and I live in His power, then I can overcome Him. But when I try to live in my own strength and my own power, I'm not going to fall. Sometimes I'm going to fall every time. Every single time. So it's interesting here, just keep this in mind, that Jesus was just baptized. The Holy Spirit had just descended down upon Jesus. The Father was there in heaven saying, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. This is important. This is extremely important that, that, that the Father referred to Jesus as his Son. This is my Son if in whom I'm well pleased. And so what does the devil do? What does the tempter do? We find there in verse 4 in Matthew chapter 4. He said, but he answered and said, or, or, <coughs> excuse me, we see there in verse 3 rather, and it says, and, uh, the tempter came and said to him, if you are the Son of God. Oh yeah, we just heard the voice of the Father call you the Son of God. We, we, we saw the heavens split open. We saw the Spirit descending down upon you as a dove. But if you really are the Son of God, if you are who you say you are, then prove yourself. The tempter came in verse 3 and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Now remember, he's at his physical weakest, right? He is physically the weakest he's ever been. He's been fasting for 40 days, for 40 days. Just imagine that. We can't imagine that. It's impossible for us. And so there it is that Jesus has been fasting for 40 days, knowing that Jesus is hungry. If you really are who you say you are, then turn that stone into bread. You've got to prove yourself. 
right? You've got to prove that you really are who you say you are, that you're the Son of God. And you know, the devil does that to us all the time, doesn't he? Oh, are you really a Christian? Well, then prove yourself. Prove yourself to be a Christian. Prove yourself to be a man of God. Prove yourself to be a woman of God. Prove yourself to be a child of God. Prove yourself to be a believer in Jesus Christ and the devil will beat you all up over that. Say, well, you know, I don't walk all the way as I ought to walk. I don't talk all the way as I ought to talk. I don't live all the way as I ought to live. Am I really a Christian? Am I really a child of God? Am I really a man of God? Am I really a woman of God? And boy, the devil will come and beat on you and beat on you with those lies. But you know what? Here it is that Jesus gave him the greatest answer that could be given. He said that he answered him. By the way, Jesus could walk the walk and he did walk the walk and Jesus could talk the talk and he did talk the talk and Jesus could have turned that stone into bread if he so chose to turn that stone into bread. But instead, this is what he said to the devil but he answered and said it is written man shall not live on bread alone but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God the father said I am the son of God he said it he did it that settles it and that's all that matters amen I don't have to prove myself to you amen I don't have to prove myself to anybody I put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for my salvation. He saved me. I'm sealed in the Holy Spirit to the day of redemption. I am. Brother Keith, does that song ask that question? I am washed in the blood. Amen? That old devil will come and try to put doubt. Prove yourself then. I don't have to prove myself to you, devil. I don't have to prove myself to anyone. I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have entrusted into him until that day. I know that. And that's all I need to know because it's not about me or what I've done or who I am. It's all about who God is. Therefore man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Even if I don't believe it, it's still settled. I'll just have to take a little longer to figure it out. (laughs) Amen? It's settled. God said it. Jesus is coming back again. It's a done deal. Well, it hadn't happened yet, but God said it. It's a done deal. Amen? It's settled. God said it. Man should not live on bread alone, but every word. That proceeds out of the mouth of God. The second temptation, first of all, the devil is trying to get Jesus to prove himself. I'll turn that rock into bread. Prove yourself. Jesus didn't need to prove anything to him or anyone else. The Father said he's the Son of God. That's all that matters. Next thing he was trying to get Jesus to do was to put God to the test. Why you want to put God to the test? If you put God to the test, you have to prove God is really who he says he is. Amen? We see there in verse 5, says, Then devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, you are the, if, if you are 
the Son of God? There's that question. If you really are the Son of God, if you are who you say you are, then put God to the test. If you're really a child of God, if you're really a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, then put God to the test. Amen? Twist God's arm and make Him do what you want to do. God's not your butler. Amen? God will come through in His Word, not sometimes, but every time. But we're not to put God to the test. So He takes Him to the highest place of the temple and He tells Him, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, as is the devil saying this, it is written, and he, and he said what's written. Amen? He quoted what is written right out of the song. He will command his angels concerning you, and in their hands they will bear you up so that you not, will not strike your foot against a stone. If you really are the Son of God, you're up here on the pinnacle of the temple, the highest place of the temple, the highest place in Jerusalem that towers, the highest place in Israel that just towers above everything, throw yourself off. Angels aren't going to let you hurt yourself. Just throw yourself off. Jesus said it's also written. You're not to put the Lord your God to a test. I'm not going to fall for your trickery. I don't have to prove God. Will God protect me? Absolutely. Will God provide for me? Absolutely. Will God always be there for me? Absolutely. But I don't have to prove that to you. I don't have to prove that to anybody. You should not put the Lord your God to the test. You know, the interesting thing about all of this is that after all of this was over with, the angels did the very thing that the devil quoted him, saying that he was going to do. They did come minister to him. But not because he was putting God to the test, just because God's faithful. Amen? God is faithful. Try to put God to the test. So many times we get tempted to say, God, if you do this, I'll do that. God's not in the business of saying, let's make a deal. God said, this is the deal. You either take it or leave it. Amen? And so here it is that he's tempted Jesus. Jesus, you try to prove yourself for who you are. If that doesn't work, well, then you try to get God to prove himself for who he is. Now, that didn't work either. And so... In verse 8, he goes on and says again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all of the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Now we got to remember where Jesus came out of. Jesus came out of the glories of heaven. Paul said word, words just can't even express, can't even put into words what's there. He was caught up into the third heaven. Amen. We read in Revelation of the streets of gold, the walls of jasper, the gates of pearl. And we still can't even grasp it. Amen? But there the devil is showing him, showing Jesus, the Son of God, God who became flesh, all of the kingdoms of the world in their glory. Most glorious temple in the world, the most glorious mansion in the world, the, 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 the all seven wonders of the world are ghettos compared to heaven. 
Amen? They're nothing compared to heaven. Devil said, let me try this one last thing. I'm going to offer you all these kingdoms of the world and their glory. All you've got to do is just bow down to me and worship me and they're yours. You notice Jesus didn't say that you don't have the authority to do that. He didn't say that. All he did was point to the one who does have all authority, all power. He said, first of all, go, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him alone. Alone. Who was the devil trying to do here? Something, oh, he is so good at with us. Get your eyes off of God. Don't, don't look to God. Don't look to the things above as the Word of God tells us to look to the things above. But oh, look at all the wonderful things of this world. Look at all this great stuff that this world has to offer you. Everything's at your fingertips. All you have to do is just reach out and grab a hold of it. Those who walk by faith and those who know the Word of God know that everything in this world is temporary. Amen? Everything in this world is temporary. All the things of God are eternal. See, it's the exact same way that Satan tempted Adam and Eve, and he was successful with this. Hey, Eve, God's holding out on you. Oh, he knows that the day that you eat of that tree, you're going to be just like him. You don't have to worry about just being a simple human being. You can be just like God, which was an absolute lie. She fell for it. And did God really say that? Did God really say that the day that you, that, 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 that as soon as you eat of that tree, you shall surely die? Did God really say that? Yes, he really did say that. But he was trying to put doubt and confusion in her mind. And he did. Oh, look at that tree, Eve. Look at that tree. Oh, it's desirable to the eye. Forget about the fact that God said of every other tree in this garden you can eat of and you can eat of it freely. No, I want you to focus on that one tree that God said you couldn't have. <laughs> that one tree, forget about all the things that God said you could have and all the things that God said you could do. No, you just focus on that one tree that God said that you couldn't have. And she did. The devil does that to us too, doesn't he? Exact same thing. Get us to question our standing with God. Even it tries to either make us think of ourselves as more lowly than we ought to think of ourselves, or even more highly than we ought to think of ourselves. Rather than being a child of God bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, a royal ambassador in Jesus Christ, an heir of the kingdom of of God, not by anything that I have done, but by everything that He's done. Amen. I think of ourselves more 
house. Oh, I'm above that. I'm beyond that. That's what the Pharisees were guilty of. Amen? Oh, God, you ought to be glad to have somebody like me on your side. No. Doesn't work like that, does it? So, as we look here, it also tested God. Did God really say that? Of course God said that. Don't try to put doubt in your mind. And don't focus on the things of God. No, focus on all these things that the world has to offer you. All these things that the world has to offer you. All of these temptations. The power and the prestige and the and the, the affluence of the world. Trying to keep up with the Joneses and running a rat race in the process of it all. Amen? No time for God because I'm too busy running this rat race trying to keep up with everybody else. Well, the only one that we ought to be pursuing is Jesus. As the Bible says to keep our eyes focused upon Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. So how is it that Jesus overcame these temptations? We find all of these things right here in the Word of God. First of all, Jesus came, overcame every single one of these temptations because He was led by the Spirit of God. If you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit of God within you. If you're not saved, then you need to get saved so that you will have the Holy Spirit of God within you and that you'll have everlasting life, which is most important. But as we're walking in this life, headed towards that everlasting life, friend, we need to have the Holy Spirit of God within us. And not only do we need to have the Holy Spirit of God within us, we need to walk in the Spirit of God. How do we walk in the Spirit of God? We make the things that are important to God important to us. We focus upon the things of God rather than the things of the earth and the things of man. We make God's focus our focus. We keep our eyes focused upon the things above rather than the things below. This is a daily prayer that we ought to be praying every single day of our life. Psalm 193 and verse 23. We need to be praying this every single day. Search me, O God, and know my heart. You say, brother, that's a scripture. Yes, it's a scripture, but it's also a prayer, and we need to be praying the word of God. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. Search me, God, and know my heart. If there's anything in me that doesn't look like you, then God, make me aware of it so I can get it out and be the man of God or the woman of God that you so desire for me to be. Next thing we need to understand is how Satan used the word of God. (laughs) Satan said all three times, it is written, it is written, it is written, and it was written. But he twisted it, and he warped it, and he took it out of context. And all the Bible tells us there in the Garden of Eden that that serpent came along, and he was more crafty than all of the beasts of the field. And you better believe he's more crafty than you and I. Amen? Oh, he's a lot more crafty than you and I. 
Wasn't more crafty than Jesus, but he's a lot more crafty than you and I. So what did Jesus do? He gave it right back to him. And Jesus said, it is written. You twisted the word of God. You manipulated the word of God. But this is what the word of God really says. Friends, I want you to understand this world is far too dangerous for you to be illiterate of the word of God. Satan is far too dangerous for you to be illiterate of the Word of God. You need to know the Word of God, not just that you can quote scriptures and you know things like that, but that you can walk it. And when Satan comes along with temptation, you'll know it's a lie the minute that it comes out of his mouth and you can counteract it with the truth because it's the truth that sets us free. Amen? You need to know the Word of God. You need to live the Word of God. You need to walk in accordance to the Word of God. But the last thing that we see right here is so very clear is that Jesus resisted the devil. Jesus resisted the devil. He didn't fall for his temptation. He didn't fall for his trickery. He resisted him. So yes, he's Jesus. He has the ability to do that. Guess what we do as well? In fact, the Bible tells us right here in James chapter 4 and verse 7, it says, Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. (laughs) That is a promise in the word of God. First of all, we have to submit ourselves to God and then we resist the devil and he will flee from you. So as we see these things, as we see these truths, something that we need to understand is when we're walking in the Spirit of God, God's going to give us the strength to resist the devil because we will be submitted to God when we're living out the principles of the Word of God. God will give us the strength to resist the devil because we are submitted to God and we will be able to resist him and he will flee from us. Amen? I remember several years ago, Dell and I were in Mexico. We're walking down the street, and here comes this guy. He had this little carved out thing of the Lord's Supper, Last Supper table. It was pretty. It was, it was nice. Comes up to us, $50. no. That's okay. We keep on walking and he follows us. $40. No, that's okay. We go into a store, we come out of the store, he's standing there. $30. <laughs> and I mean, he's follow, he followed us for a long time and he kept following us. $20. I think we got it for $10. I finally, I finally said, I just want to get rid of this guy. I'll give him $10 just to get rid of him. Amen. I think if he'd have kept following us, he'd eventually paid us to take it. Because he just kept going down and down and down. But we never did get to that point, so we never could find out. We finally just gave in. Finally just gave up. I'll give you this $10. I just want to get rid of you. How many times do we just give in and just give up? But friends, you're not going to get rid of the devil like that. In fact, he's just going to come at you harder and harder and harder. 
You submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. It might not be today. might not be tomorrow. might not be for a little while. But that day is going to come. Victory is going to come. Just have to keep on keeping on. Jesus said, depart from me. Maybe there's some areas in your life where you need to tell the devil, just get out of here. Just go. You're trespassing. I'm a child of God. You don't belong here. You just go. And God, give me the strength. God, give me the courage. Right now, as Praise team makes their way on up this direction as you stand. You know, as we see the truths of God's word right here, Jesus overcame that temptation. You say, well, sure he did. he's, He's Jesus. He's the son of God. But he was walking and living as a man, but walking and living full of the spirit of God. Friends, we need to walk that same way. That exact same way. And when that temptation comes, get out of here, devil. I'm not going to listen to you. Maybe you're being tempted right now. Maybe that temptation has gone past temptation and it's turned into sin. Maybe you're even walking that sin right here, right now, today. It's not too late. The Bible says if you confess your sins before him, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. That's a promise for the word of God. Would you come today? If you're being tempted right now, you ask God, deliver me. Give me the strength. Strengthen me. Allow me not to succumb to this temptation. If you've already succumbed, ask God to forgive you, to put you right back on your feet and walk the walk he so desires. Right now, God's stirring in your heart. Maybe you're not saved. Trust in Jesus by faith, by simple faith. Come up here. I'll be glad to talk to you about salvation. You come as God leads you. Change my heart, oh God. Make it.